Today we start into one of the most beautiful passages of the whole Bible as we'll begin Jesus' discussion of how he is the Good Shepherd on this edition of Bible Study Podcast. I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Bible Study Podcast as we continue working through the Gospel of John. My name is Justin, and I'm glad to be able to lead you in your study of God's Word. If you'd like to get a hold of me, feel free to contact me at BibleStudyPodcastJustin at gmail.com, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. I'd like to open us today in a word of prayer as we begin tonight's study of John chapter 10. Dear Father, I stand in awe of your grace toward us. Though we are sinners who deserve your wrath, you you have loved us enough to send your Son to die on our behalf so that we may be made righteous before you. Enable our minds to hear and process your word tonight and open our hearts up to receive the message you've given us. We pray that we would be the people who would follow after you and bring glory to your name. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Now as we begin tonight's passage, I'm curious as to whether you have ever been a part of a building security or maintenance crew for a building that has lots of entrances to it. Now this may sound like a stupid question, but it's actually very much related to our passage today. You see, I worked for many years in janitorial service, which cleans and maintains churches, so I've been in many buildings which have lots and lots of entrances to get in and out. And of course, in our world today, almost all of them have alarm systems which help to protect the people and the property inside from those who may come from the outside to steal from them or to hurt them. I remember one church in particular which had a side door with a magnet locking system on it, as well as having a deadbolt on the same door. So in theory, this door had a wonderful security method to keep those people inside safe. However, the door was constantly propped open by someone on the staff, making the safety equipment virtually useless and allowing anyone to go and come as they pleased from the building. Now, the church intended for those inside the church to be protected and safe, but despite their intentions, there were outsiders who would come into the building, you know, and they obviously were not supposed to be in there. Some of these may have intentionally hoped to steal from the building, some may have been searching for a certain person that they're coming after. Some may have just wandered in, you know, being curious, and, and maybe he will become a nuisance to the business of the church. No matter what the reason the people were in there, there was clearly a breakdown between what was meant to happen in the church and what actually occurred. Now, I believe this is exactly what we see as we open up our passage tonight in John chapter 10, and we'll go ahead and read verses 1 through 5. It reads, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow but will flee from, because they do not know the voice of strangers. These are, of course, the words of Jesus, and let's remember the context of the event 
as Jesus has been asked by the Pharisees if they were blind, and he responded, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But since you say that you see, your sin remains. So as Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, he tells them what we've just read and begins by saying, Truly, whoever does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he's a thief and a robber. What is Jesus saying here? Well, first, let's identify the three characters that have been put before us in this passage. First, we see that there is a flock of sheep. Now, this is not a new idea for the Jews. In the Old Testament, sheep are the most mentioned animal, and there are numerous times when the people are described as sheep. Why sheep? Well, I think there are probably two good reasons for this. Number one, as the Jews were typically nomadic people, sheep was a good career. You know, sheep herding, raising sheep so you could uh, have the wool. This is a good career for those people who would wander around from place to place and just allow their sheep to graze. So there would have been a natural familiarity with the people when Jesus refers to sheep as it's a major staple of the economy. But the second reason is in large part because of the nature of the sheep and the relationship between the sheep and their shepherd. You see, sheep in that time were not fenced in, but were allowed to roam as they so chose, making the shepherd's role a key role in their lives, as they were the protectors. They were the guides, the one who made sure the sheep came back alive. Not only were sheep known to be free roamers, they were also known by another trait. They were dumb. Sheep were known to easily get lost from the flock, even when they were within range to see the flock. They were, in a sense, helpless by themselves as they depended on their shepherd to lead them to eat, to sleep, to stay on track, and and not to get lost. Now let's go ahead and talk a moment about another character mentioned here, the shepherd. As a result of the sheep's helplessness, the shepherd's role was paramount. He was the provider, the guide, the protector. He was the constant companion to the sheep. He had authority and leadership over the flock. In fact, a key point that we will see in this passage and in the rest of John 10 is the connection between the shepherd and the sheep is so close that the sheep will respond and follow the shepherd just by hearing his voice. You see, sheep have pretty bad vision, but as a result, they they have really good hearing. And, And so the way they stay close to the shepherd is by hearing his voice. Now the third group we'll mention here is the group that we want to focus on here in verse 1. The thieves and the robbers. Of course, the sheep were the economic means of the shepherd. So he could sell their wool. So there's an obvious draw for thieves and robbers at this stage. Especially when we consider that for most of the day, the sheep just roam free. But see, here's the thing about the robbers. They knew that it would be extremely hard to take a sheep in broad daylight. You know, you could see them. So what they would do is they'd attempt to strike at night. So as a precaution against this, what the shepherds would do is that they'd often gather their flocks together into a pen and would take turns blocking the doorway, which is about the width of a sheep. You know, and that's not very big. And so they would rotate nights with one another. Now a fence would often be put around the pen that was fairly tall and had a bit of shrubbery on top, basically serving as barbed wire and making the wall somewhere between 8 and 10 feet high. So this is a pretty safe place for the night. And this is the scene that we are starting from here in verse 1, as Jesus tells us that some will not enter by the door, but will try to climb over the fence to get into the flock, so that they may take the sheep and steal them. 
So let's begin to sort out what's going on here, because Jesus is using this analogy of the thieves to represent the Pharisees. He's saying that there are some who will come into the flock, which are the true believers. The flock are the, the believers in God, the true children of God. And these thieves will come in and they will come to the flock, but they will not enter by the acceptable way. Just like in our example to start with, they won't enter properly through the front door, but they'll sneak in through some means of deception. This is the nature of false teachers. They will not do the things which God has commanded. They will not follow the path that he has made. But they'll try to follow their own path and make their own choices to get to the people. But notice the contrast between those who are coming to steal and the shepherd in verses 2 through 4. The one who enters by the door, he is the shepherd of the sheep. That is, the one who does what is righteous. The one who does what God has commanded. He is the one who is the true shepherd of the sheep. Now, as we will see more clearly as we go through this passage, this true shepherd is Jesus. He is the only one who can stand before a holy God, for there is no sin in him. He is the one who comes to the sheep forthrightly. But see, some of the characteristics given here of the shepherd really tell us a lot about his character. The doorkeeper opens to him. Why? Because he is truly the rightful leader and caretaker of the sheep. The sheep hear his voice, meaning they recognize him. They, they listen to him. Not just hearing in the sense of, oh, I can tell there's a sound, but listening in the sense of, I hear what he says and does it. He calls his sheep by name. He intimately knows his flock. He doesn't just yell for the whole group, but he calls them by name. He leads them out, implying that they will follow him as they have recognized him as their protector and the one they should trust. When he puts them forward, he goes ahead of them, as this is the position where he can see which hills will be too hard to traverse, where the dangers are in the path, where there's good food, and he truly leads them. But see now at the end of verse 4 and in verse 5 how the sheep respond to all this, for they are not silent. First we see the sheep follow the shepherd, for they know his voice. That is, they have listened to him in the past, they have learned his tones. They know his sounds. They understand that when he directs them, he does so as one with authority. And the sheep will not follow a stranger. This is the second part. They won't follow a stranger, but they will instead flee from them. Why? Because they don't know the voice of the thieves. They only follow the one who is their leader. They're not tricked by outsiders or strangers to leave the group but they are faithfully committed to their shepherd. So how do we apply all this to our lives? Is this just a story that's kind of a cool tale or some interesting fable to occupy our minds? No. In fact, there's a strong application to learn from this. First off, we need to realize that we are those sheep. We are helpless on our own. We have sin in our lives that separate us from God. So we need a shepherd. We need one to lead us and to protect us and to show us the way to the Father. But since we know that, we have to realize first and foremost that we must be careful. We must be careful because we see clearly in this passage that there is a true shepherd and there are those who are false shepherds. Let me tell you, friends, just, just look around our world today and you can easily attest 
that this is a true statement. There are many who proclaim to teach the right religion who are false teachers. They don't come before God's people by way of God's word, but by some other way that they come up with. You know, they say things like, there's no such thing as sin. That Jesus is not truly fully God and fully man. They say that we must be able to add a book, like a Book of Mormon, or the Institutes of Freemasonry. That we must be able to institute this into our canon of Scripture. That it is somehow sufficient to give us light about God. They say that Jesus was not truly crucified, or that he was only a prophet. They say any other number of things. I mean, the fact is that the threat of cults and other religions are very real. And there are those who claim to be God's representatives, like the Pharisees, who in truth are not. So we must be careful. But there is hope, and that hope is great indeed, friends. You see, there is a true shepherd, and his name is Jesus. And what's more, look at the characteristics listed of this true shepherd. He calls us, not just in general, but by our very name. Indeed, friends, he knows our very being, and yet he still calls us to himself. He leads us to where we can enjoy creation, we can be nourished. He protects us, he guides us. How is it that we can know him and follow him? By hearing his word, which has been recorded for us in the Bible. You see, Jesus is our great shepherd, but there is a step that is necessary on our part, as the sheep must follow the shepherd. We must choose to turn from our helpless frolicking in our sin and turn to him and follow his lead. What a beautiful picture for us as believers, as we are helpless on our own right, but we can be taken into the care of a wonderful shepherd who will lead us, guide us, protect us, and help us to rest safely in him. I pray that if you have not committed to following the great shepherd, Jesus, that you will talk to a Christian friend, talk to a pastor, ask them how you can follow Jesus. In terms of our passage here, what's the conclusion of this mini-section? Well, verse 6 tells us that they, the people present, did not understand what he was saying. And so next time, we'll see how Jesus explains this further. But until then, friends, feel free to contact me at Bible Study Podcast Justin at gmail.com. And may God bless and keep you. Set me aside by your will and by your truth. Let me represent you in the world. But for the sakes of the This lesson has been brought to you by BibleStudyPodcast.org, a para-ministry of Clean Slate Evangelical Ministries, which is a nonprofit listener-supported ministry based in Monroe, North Carolina. While our desire is that your primary giving be done with your local church, if the Lord is leading you to support our ministry, we do depend on your support to keep our ministry going and growing. 
If you feel the Lord calling you to support our ministry, you can go to BibleStudyPodcast.org and click on support on the right-hand side. You can make a tax-deductible donation from there. By doing so, you'll be helping us to reach multitudes of people each and every month from around the world who, just like yourself, desire to find answers and meaning in Scripture. We thank you for listening today, and we pray that the Lord blesses you and draws you closer to Him. Keep growing closer to Jesus. Someone will be there.